go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. This is a special National Signing Day edition of Before the Hedges on Dog Nation. Our coverage is brought to you by Kroger and Georgia Farm Bureau. Now here's the authority on UGA recruiting, Jeff Sintel. All right, guys, what's up, everybody? Listen to that impressive theme music. That makes me think of, like, the Death Star and Stormtroopers and Emperor Palpatine with that impressive imperial uh, march to Before the Hedges on Wednesday night brought to you by Kroger. Guys, this is what you recruiting folks live for a night like tonight, a day like today. Who said those big booms were done in the world of big-time, high-stakes college football recruiting? Not today, my friends. You've got the dogs coming through with one of those old Kirby flips, one of those signing day specials. i still been so busy. I haven't, haven't even gotten the Malik Herring flip out yet. Uh, my social media, every time the dogs get a flip. If you're just joining us, this is Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. I am Jeff Sintel. I've been doing this covering uh, Georgia football signing days since 2015. <coughs> Excuse me. Look at that. I don't cough for six hours, and all of a sudden I go live, and then I start coughing. But what we've got here is probably this is one of those days that people will think about with George Pickens. People will think about with <coughs> that type of thing with George Pickens where, like, he had one of those big signing day booms. Georgia flips him from Auburn. This is one of those days that kind of feels like that today a little bit with um, Georgia and K.J. Bolden. we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. We're going to go through the K.J. Bolden news. <coughs> We're going to present our Dog of the Week brought to you uh, each and every week by Kroger <coughs> here on the Georgia Football Before the Hedges Recruiting Day show. Work with me, guys. I'm, I'm, everybody's fighting. Everybody's grinding. That's what we do here on Dog Nation. <coughs> but then we've got – then we've got Connor Riley joining us, of course. He's going to tell you what Kirby said today during our press conference. He's going to tell you what's going on there. We're going to have our kind of – we're going to do something cool. We're going to have a speed read on all things Georgia football recruiting. Um, I'm going to I've, – I've been tasked with trying, trying, guys. I'm going to try to go through like 14 of Georgia's 28 commitments. There you go. Let's settle in. Let's have fun. I'm going to go through like 14 of Georgia's 28 commitments. I'm going to have the timer on my phone on, and we're going to try to do those in about 30 to 45 seconds each. Kind of the, the skinny, the need to know, the cliff notes, the 411 on all the guys Georgia signed today. And this is a chance for me to kind of show what I know about Georgia football recruiting. I don't know what order they're in. Kaylee Mansell is just going to try and Hit me with them one by one, and we'll be able to see what's going on there with Georgia football recruiting. I've got a monitor right here. She'll flash it to me live, and I'll be able to keep up with what's going on right there. Um, we've also got <coughs> kind of the overview I have of the Georgia football recruiting class. We've got our dog of the week. So it should be a pretty fun show. There are no, any, no more top targets. We're not talking about commitments anymore. We're talking about signees. All of Georgia's 28 signees are in the book. I don't see them recruiting any more high school players. I think the action for the remainder of the cycle is going to be transfer portal and everything else like that as Georgia kind of turns over its roster, an infusion of new blood. But I think the first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about tonight is actually the flip of K.J. Bolden. 
that's our first thing. Everybody knows Big Five brought to you by Kroger. Kroger is, you know, like, like I said, guys, we talk about this each and every week. Kroger is a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs, and, and they have all your tailgating needs covered. Tailgate with fan favorites, including chips, beer, hamburgers, and hot dogs for the grill and more. If a guy like me is a little coffee, you're a little, got a little bit of the crud, I can go down the pharmacy aisle at Kroger and get taken care of with all those favorite brands. Uh, visit Kroger.com backslash football for more game day deals or your local Kroger location. They've got you taken care of as well. But let's talk K.J. Bolden. And I don't know, this was just something I kind of heard a little bit about. I heard whispers about maybe about two weeks ago. It kind of intensified. On Monday, I heard a little bit more about it. And I was like, you know, Dog Nation team, kind of like in true Anchorman style, we had to mobilize. We had to be at Buford High School's Performing Arts Center. Really swanky, very pristine, very impressive High school, very impressive facility. Like, all the Buford guys were there. Let me tell you a little bit of backstory, like a little bit of insidery stuff here about KJ and how it all went down. I just put a story up on dognation.com maybe about an hour ago, maybe like 45 minutes ago, where the family told me they took less money to go to Georgia. And I think that's a a contrast that's running counter to what what I guess most might feel is KJ Bolden being the – the kind of textbook or the picture perfect NIL recruit. Uh, his family, his father, Kai Bolden, told me that Georgia, Georgia, the opportunity to play at Georgia was more about NFL development rather than NIL, uh, short-term earnings. That's what KJ said when he met the media after his decision. I'm going to tell you, this one right here, just kind of speaking off the rip, this was different. I don't know. I've probably been to, let me see, 150 200 signing day ceremonies in my career. Here's where this was different. You showed up at Buford High School. Of course, the Dog Nation team gets there really early, and you find out that these recruits aren't going to say anything, and not at least during the, the ceremony and the order of events. There were nine Buford Wolves there, nine guys signing to play big-time college football, Power 5 football, Division two, Division one, and they were basically going to be a slide prepared and the coach would talk about their accomplishments and what those guys meant to Buford football. They would have a hat in front of them. Uh, everybody had a hat except for K.J. Bolden. And then Coach Appling, Bryant Appling at Buford had told me that some guys had multiple slides prepared, and it was really different. Like the whole hats and the whole you know, theater that everybody loves with you know, signing day decision reveals. Well, what happened on Wednesday afternoon at Buford High School was, was basically – what happened was there was a slide that popped up and it it really – and it was so weird because, like, everybody was paying attention to what Coach Appling was saying at the podium or what K.J. was doing. And K.J. was, like, doing wardrobe changes. He was changing shoes because the red and black shoes he had in his bag would be a giveaway. He had a golden bag with a hat in there. And Appling just basically read a slide. He, he introduced K.J. Bolden and a slide popped up. So picture KJ had his stats on there, and then the corner, it said University of Georgia. And another corner, it said University of Georgia or Georgia Bulldog. And that, if folks were paying attention, was how they learned. And it took a second for people to look at it. And like KJ, after that, reached into his bag, his golden bag, put his hat on. And that was so different than any other signing ceremony I've been to. Buford likes to do things a little bit different. Um, So, and then afterward, the, the press got to meet with KJ 
afterwards. So that was what was really different. I think one of the things Kirby Smart had to say is when he met the media as he chopped up the 2024 uh, signing class with the media, that's kind of like the um, crop report or everything else like that. One of the questions that was asked by a member of the Georgia Beat was, how did the dogs win the K.J. Bolden recruitment? K.J. ended up basically taking you – know, K.J. thought 20. Kirby Smart even said maybe up to 30 visits to check out the dogs. Like, how were the do- how did the dogs win that one? What did Kirby Smart have to say about that? Let's take a look at this clip right here from Kirby Smart uh, discussing, like, how the, how the K.J. Bolden was won from his perspective here on Dog Nations Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. There was no different recruitment for KJ. It was just consistent and uh, mutual respect. Probably is the right word. You know, I reached out to him when he when he committed uh, elsewhere and just told him had a lot of respect for him and we weren't going to stop recruiting him and that we thought this was the best place for him. And I've always learned. Andrew Thomas's parents taught me that consistency is the key, and uh, we were very consistent every time he was here. And then you know what? It worked out. It doesn't always work out, but it worked out in this case, and we're not going to change our, our method. We go about things. All right, guys, that was Kirby Smart right there. Interesting. He talked about consistency. He referenced Andrew Thomas. Uh, and, you know, that was one of the things. Kirby Smart mentioned a lot of them, how they just kept recruiting him. They've been going back a ways in order to uh, – to kind of recruit K.J. Bolden. And there's a lot of things that stand out here. Like, you know, Georgia adds another five-star to the class. I think when K.J. Bolden came back into the fold, that secured Georgia as the number one class, number one recruiting class uh, nationally. I think that's the second time in the last five years the Bulldogs have done that. Um, It gives them another four stars, four five-stars for the defensive side of the ball. We'll get into all that a little bit later and some overview stuff. But I think – Kind of the big thing is just like the turn of events. Like we had a, we had a chance where we could um, look, kind of look at Georgia's class and kind of see that, you know, K.J. Bolden. Man, if you would have told people like two or three weeks ago, hey, K.J. Bolden is going to be a Cornhusker. Uh, excuse me, K.J. Bolden is going to be a Georgia Bulldog and not a Florida State Seminole or even an Auburn Tiger. And then Dylan Riola was going to be a Nebraska Cornhusker. You know, even, even like uh, Coach Brian Appling was like, man, I would have thought you were crazy. If you would have said that right there, it's kind of weird how things changed. I think the KJ Bolden flip today, the big boom today, is the closest thing for a major signing day boom for Georgia, considering the five star, considering the, you know, the sudden change here with a lot of things. That is the biggest one I think since George Pickens right there, on all things, uh, on all things, uh, KJ Bolden. One of the things also, guys, we have a, a presenting sponsor tonight along with Kroger. One of our sponsors tonight is Georgia Farm Bureau. And in, in Georgia, fall means one thing, and that's football. At Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, uh, they know it's more than just a game. Uh, and when it comes to protecting your home and auto, you deserve more than just an insurance policy. When offices in nearly every county in the state, Georgia Farm Bureau is always the home team. Georgia Farm Bureau agents, they live, they work, they play, they hunker down in your community and others in, in it like around the state. Uh, Georgia Farm Bureau, we are always the home team. Learn more about your home team at gfbinsurance.com. Really thankful to Georgia Farm Bureau for their support of all the Dog Nation programs, especially before the hedges and everything else recruiting related this week. Um, Very thankful, very thankful for that partnership as well because they're the guys that help us go out and 
stream live KJ Bolden that get team coverage there at KJ Bolden and really kind of bring you the stories that you want to know and not just what happened but why it happened and what that means but uh, obviously the first big five first member of our big five that was number one let's go to number two and we're working on that theme music right there I have to just kind of simulate it uh, meanwhile, it looks like the voice is there. Thank you for all the prayers. I guess I could kind of hear him as Jeff was coughing through the beginning of the show as he kind of dialed up the voice a little bit. Uh, thank you for that. But as we move on to number two, number two can mean only one thing. This is our dog of the week, and it could only be one. There could only be one dog of the week. You guys know who it is. You guys think you know who it is. Let's take a look at that dog of the week right now here on Dog Nations before the, before the hedge is brought to you by Kroger. And, you know, we usually have stats. We usually have touchdowns. We usually have yards. I think I got, uh, I, I got uh, Kaylee Mansell, our producer, kind of tickled a little bit when I said, let's just put a flip up there. One flip for K.J. Bolden. Look at the picture today, man. He looked Look at that bow tie. I mean, he was like, listen, the Bolden family guys are very fashionable. They got some Louis V. They got some Gucci in the, in the house. They got some really nice designer shades. But look at KJ looking very fresh, looking very clean with the bow tie today. He had the old school. Like, I'm sure you're going to see pictures of this on dognation.com if you haven't already. Look at that. That hat he wore today. It was one of the Quavo Huncho lids, I guess, one of those Quavo Huncho of Migos uh, design hats. It's got dogs on the underneath of the brim. It's got a lot of patches. It's got the national championship patches. That looked really sweet with what KJ was rocking today. But KJ Bolden, number one safety in the country. He's a guy that scored a touchdown four different ways for Buford High School. Love the stories that we're going to share with you on dognation.com in the days and weeks to come about how he got to Buford, even though he was an FBU All-American, kind of one of those next greatest things. Really fast kid, and he got to Buford, and he told Coach Appling, he's like, you know what, I'm probably not ready for this. I need to get stronger. I need to figure out what I can do. And once he did, once he started soaring at Buford, I think he's going to leave that program as one of the best athletes they've ever had. Number 14, number 13 overall prospect in the country. That's another five-star in the quiver for this class. Uh, K.J. Bolden is your dog dog of the week here on uh, Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger and also brought to you by Georgia Farm Bureau. That's number two in your big five. We've got a special treat. My good friend, Connor Riley, I think he's standing by in the bullpen. He was at Kirby Smart's press conference today. He had a chance to listen to what Kirby had to say. He is going to join us on Before the Hedges tonight. Please join me in welcoming Connor. I think it might be Connor's first time in the Before the Hedges space here uh, tonight. Connor, how you doing, my man? What's going on? <laughs> Let me see. Try to, try to get Connor in my ears. I cannot hear what Connor is saying. We got – Connor, how about mute, sir? How about mute? There we sir? go. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you, man. I, I bet you said the most intelligent thing ever there, so can I get you to repeat it? Yeah, I was just uh, alarmed at how large my head appeared to be in the screen. Uh, we did not need that there. That's all, that's on my fault there. Oh man, Connor, that's all right. Nobody comes to our content for the headshots and the mug shots and the and the uh, I guess the do and everything else. Especially hardworking fellas like us, Connor. You were at Kirby Smart's press conference today. I think you've been through maybe four or five of them now, maybe more than that. But like for you, what's the first big takeaway? Was Kirby Smart effusive in praises for certain guys? Like if you had to read what Kirby had to say on 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 Wednesday about the 2024 class, what stood out to you? I think the big thing that I took away from this is is 
thoughts on this offensive line class uh when a good amount speaking about the importance of these guys and their size obviously they're going to have to trim down a little bit gave a shout out to Georgia's uh, nutrition specialist and the work she's going to have to do to get these guys in shape but six offensive linemen coming in all you know the average weight of those guys is 6'6 345 pounds and obviously you know of the five offensive linemen Georgia signed last year, only one of them ended up playing in his freshman season. That was Monroe Freeling, who's probably going to be your starting right tackle next year. Yeah. These guys are all developmental players, but I think he really likes what Georgia has in this offensive line class, which probably isn't a coincidence coming off what he saw in that Alabama game and how that group played there. I think it's important to establish dominance along the lines of scrimmage, and I think Georgia did that again in this signing class. You know, it's kind of funny. I thought about that when I saw Joshua Miller, Doogie Miller, jump into the portal today. I kind of thought it was kind of fitting with six guys that are a lot bigger than than Joshua Miller was, who was signed in 2023. I think it's one of those cases where I, th- I think one of the things I saw from some of the comments Kirby made today was he's like, the transfer portal is really not evil. Like, it, if, you've, if, if a player has been in the program for a number of years and he's not playing, it's probably a good thing for him to have a, a new harbor, a new place to land. But different with a guy like Doogie, I guess, a little bit, and a guy that's only been on campus for one year. You know, that was one thing I think Kirby noticed. What was your takeaway from, like, how he basically addressed the portal and how it's kind of changing the way Georgia recruits the high school level? Yeah, it came up a little bit. I wish I had maybe been able to more specifically ask him about recruiting out of the portal and how the portal, I think, impacts recruiting. Specifically, you look at the wide receiver position. uh, I think there's a very good chance that in the last sort of two recruiting cycles, this 2024 cycle and last year's 2023, there's a very good chance that going into next year, Georgia will have taken four high school wide receivers out of the high school ranks and four wide receivers out of the transfer portal. And and so uh, he understands that this is a way – to fine tune uh, uh, this roster and improve it in certain areas. I think wide receiver is the most obvious one there. He once again reiterated that they just need to be deeper at that position. And, you know, yes, you bring in three wide receivers right now, two at a high school in Nitro Tuggle and Sokovi White, and then the transfer in London Humphreys. And and you still, you lose three guys there out of that position. He knows that this is something that he's going to have to do. And just sort of, you know, this is the cycle Georgia is on when it comes to this wide receiver position, but wide receiver, I think, is a position where you're going to be able to find players. Another is sort of that quarterback position. I know Kirby Smart spoke about the possibility of getting to four scholarship quarterbacks. Uh, You know, they have Ryan Puglisi. It came out today that Georgia sort of made an 11th hour offer to Florida State quarterback Luke Cromanoke, if I'm pronouncing his name right down there out of Benedictine in Savannah. He ultimately ends up sticking with uh, his commitment to Florida State there. But I think, you know, the possibility that Georgia goes in and finds a guy in the portal who wants to come here, come in, learn the system, learn the offense, not push for a starting job because that's obviously going to be Carson Bennett or Carson Beck, excuse me. I don't want to say Carson Bennett there. <laughs> um, but I, I think be a guy that can come in and, and help this team. And, and you know, they've, they've looked at a number of positions. And so obviously Georgia wants to continue building through the high school ranks. They signed 28 players out of the high school ranks today, but he also understands the importance of the transfer portal moving forward and how that is going to be needed to sort of elevate this Georgia roster. Kind of what do you think about that? Let's dial in, let's dial in that one thought right there. I know a lot of people will interpret what Kirby said. Like for me, when I heard him say that about, or heard the reports headlines kind of populate about, Hey, Georgia might take another quarterback or a younger quarterback out of the portal. 
Do you think that happens during the 15-day window in April, or do you see it happening a lot quicker than that? Maybe there'll be a lot more options in April. For I believe it's April 15th to April 30th. Like, when do you think would Georgia would be best served to go find a quarterback out of the portal if that's the move they decide to act upon? They'd probably like to get him in now just so that you can have him for spring practice. And, and so we'll sort of see how that goes there. Obviously, a lot of quarterback dominoes still too fall in terms of who is going where. But, you know, quarterback depth, it's interesting. It has fluctuated at times for Kirby Smart in, in his time here. You know, you think back to 2019 when they only had two. I think that's influenced the way he's viewed this position moving forward. They had five in 2020. Uh, they had four in, in 2021 and 2022. And then this year they have three. So it's moved around a bit. I think his ideal number, as he stated today, is four. When he gets there, obviously you'd like to have him for spring. But I think quarterback similar to wide receiver is a position that you're going to see moving forward. There's always going to be some type of guy there. There not might not be an elite talent. I don't believe there is one in this year's transfer portal. Yeah. But there are capable players in there that can come in and fill a role for you in some way. And Georgia intends to go out and find who that is at the quarterback position. Cut, I'm always interested uh, in these pressers, especially when like sort of the mainstream, main lane uh, beat reporters kind of ask the questions about recruits topically that they feel or the buzz recruits where maybe – Maybe some other of the reporters that cover the team have more of like like you have access to a lot more recruiting information than a guy that works for a site where they don't have a recruiting guy. Like for you, I think sometimes I think sometimes the Kirby responses are pretty telling. Like if you had to sit there and think, which one was the one recruit that Kirby was asked to speak about where he spoke the most at length or went into the most detail about? Sometimes when Kirby gets going about a recruit, you can simply look at the paragraphs and the transcript and get the feeling that, okay, this is a guy that he was really excited about just by his reply. Like, who was that guy? Was it a guy like KJ? Was it Justin Williams? Like, who's somebody that Kirby really elaborated a lot about tonight? I think Justin Williams is certainly one to know. Uh, Kirby was very impressed obviously with what he can do from a physical athlete standpoint, but then he also touched on, you know, just the impression that he got from him in sitting in meetings with him and sort of getting to see who he is as a person. And that really impressed him again, the number one linebacker in the country, the highest rated linebacker signee that Georgia has ever landed a guy that was wanted by everywhere. And he made it very clear that he wanted to come in and play right away. I think the other guy that Kirby sort of spoke maybe more effusively than maybe some people might have thought, or this guy's maybe flown under the weather a little bit, uh, Dwight Phillips Jr., one of three yeah. Georgia running back signees, uh, a guy who will not enroll early, but Nate Frazier will not either. Uh, he's a different back, and Kirby sort of touched on that, but because of his truly elite game-changing speed, uh, you know, he's obviously going to have to put on some weight when he gets to Georgia. It's not, to me, dissimilar – from when James Cook came in and how skinny he was at the start, but he had that obvious speed element. And I'll say this, when, when you know, from where that Georgia offense was in 2018, where James Cook came in, where it seemed like for the first two years on campus, they only tried to get him the ball in jet sweeps. I think Mike Bobo is going to be able to find a way to get Dwight Phillips the ball in better situations there. And so having a guy like him, I think, can go a long way in sort of just adding another dimension. You've seen Georgia do this with guys like Ladd McConkey, Dylan Bell. I know in this sense, Phillips is going to be a running back first, but I absolutely believe after what Kirby Smart had to say today, because of his versatility, he's going to be a guy that obviously helps out in the passing game. Let me see. Quickly, Connor, I think actually I actually talked to Nate. Actually, Nate's a pretty hard dude to get on the phone, but I talked to him yesterday, last night, I believe. 
his current plan now is he has graduated and he plans to be in Athens. Uh, he plans to be in Athens in January, he told me. He's going to play in the All-American game. So I think that's kind of intriguing. Um, maybe that's a change of plan that's kind of out there a little bit. Um, Connor, one last thing, and I'm going to kind of give our audience a chance to prepare their answers. We have a question of the week that comes later in our show, but I'm going to put my man Connor on the hot seat a little bit. Like, I've been covering Georgia recruiting for so long that I don't need to kind of overcook the turkey a little bit, especially when you have so many five stars. You have the number one recruiting class in the country. I think Georgia, again, has 10 top 100 prospects. That's um, – a lot more than everybody else. Georgia has roughly exactly 10% of the nation's top 100 players. I think they're going to have the best corner they've ever signed, the highest rated linebacker they've ever signed. And Justin Williams, everybody calls him Justo that really knows him. And you mentioned Phillips. I thought that was a good take. He's going to be the fastest recruit that Kirby Smart has ever signed. So there's a lot of candidates here for you. Who's that most intriguing recruit in this class for you? I'm going to ask everybody watching a little bit later in the show to kind of think about that one when the time comes for our question of the week. But, Connor, who's that guy you just got a feeling about that he might be something special in Athens? I am very biased here, and I recognize that. I am making it known up front. Daniel Calhoun is going to be an absolute stud for this program. Uh, Full disclosure, I played with his older brothers in high school, the type of family that he comes from. Uh, it did hurt me a little bit as a Centennial alum to see him transfer from Centennial to Walton this past year. But from hearing stories out of that Walton program run by Daniel Brunner, does a great job there. They've produced a ton yeah. of players. Daniel Calhoun came in in one year and made a real impact on what Walton was able to do this year. And they very nearly win a state championship, I think, over the course of the entire season. They were the best team in the highest classification in Georgia. And Calhoun was a reason why. And yes, you know, playing left tackle for Walton, that's ultimately not what he's going to be for Georgia. I think he might follow a Tate Ratledge type track where he, you know, could be a tackle. But I think, you know, his best positional fit might be at that right guard spot. You can't teach size. And we talk so much about, you know, the average size of those guys in the offensive line. And I'm sure there are some fans out there that are rolling their eyes. Connor's talking about the offensive line again. (laughs) But I think Calhoun can be a really, really important piece. And, you know, Probably not going to play a whole lot year one, but year two, year three, depending on what happens ahead of him, I think this is a guy who's going to be able to get his body right, lose some of that baby fat. And he's just so big and he's so impressive. And I know the kind of, the type of mental makeup that he has. I think this guy's going to be an absolute rock star on that Georgia offensive line is going to be a player to know moving forward. Interesting. I think uh, I've been speaking to a lot of people. Intel's kind of flying back and forth this week. Interesting to learn. Let's kind of help our audience a little bit, tell them something they don't know. So far during early bowl practices, I've been told that Calhoun's been working mostly at right tackle, some left tackle. Uh, He probably finished his senior year around 360, 365. He's one of those guys, if Sinclair's sweatshop can get him down to 345, 340, he's going to be a monster for Georgia. But uh, intriguing early on, I do think his most likely bulldog path to get on the field quickly is at guard, but Interesting how they're kind of working him right now at the tackle spot, most specifically the right tackle there going forward. Connor, great stuff, my man. It was awesome having you on. Don't be a stranger, man. We'll have to get you on Hedges again real soon, man. Yeah, as always, it was a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. There you go, guys. What about that? Got some Connor Riley action kind of jumping over the top turnbuckle tonight. 
uh, jumping in before the hedges night. Connor's a good friend. He's a great. He's a great asset to our Georgia football coverage as a beat guy, as a team guy. Love having him on. Love being able to talk ball with him as well. So yeah, I know you guys read Connor. You know all about Connor. You follow him a lot. But awesome to have him on the show tonight on Before the Hedges, guys. That was number three in our big five with number three. As the show rolls on, got a lot of cool stuff continuing to kind of flow. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the things we're going to try to do here, and I got to get my trusty, trusty, trusty calendar out here. Let me get my timer. We've never done this before. We're going to try and play speed round, and I've got. A, I'm going to have a timer. I'm going to have a stopwatch, and what we're going to try to do is we're going to go through half the class. We're going to go through half the class next week. There's 28 guys. Not going to count London Humphreys, the portal guys, about it, whatever. But um, our producer extraordinaire, Kaylee Mansell, she's been tasked with throwing a guy up, and I'm going to I'm going to basically go and empty the intel file with as much as I can get to you guys from each recruit. In about 30 to 45 seconds, we don't want this thing to look like a Ken Burns miniseries or anything like that, but uh, we're going to do this. We're going to start going. I'm going to kind of tell you stream of consciousness on all these guys, what makes them special, why they chose Georgia, what you need to know about each of these guys. So without further ado, let's go right now. First up on the board, Kaylee's deck right here, Jaden Riddell. Oh, man, awesome to start with right here. I'm going to tell you what, if you guys haven't noticed it on social media, his mother, Crystal Riddell, is amazing. Uh, she's a single mother. She was really uh, taken, really so floored by the fact the way Georgia handled the loss to Alabama. Uh, Jaden is 6'4", six, six 240-ish. He's going to go low 4'5", high 4'4", on the speed. He is the highest-rated offensive recruit in this class, ended up being the number three overall tight end in the country. He signed, and really cool story here, what he tried to do is he tried to um, – he tried to – he wanted to come to Georgia. He wanted to early enroll for the chance to be around Brock Bowers, maybe watch Bowers work out, maybe watch how he handles his business, hoping to practice with him just so we can soak up what Brock Bowers is and all things Georgia. Uh, Jaden Riddell, really cool guy. I think a lot of people overstated the fact that how – connected he was with Dylan Riola when he made his decision. I don't believe that was a major factor. Actually, I think that him and Ryan Puglisi, really tight, likely to be roommates. And I got a feeling about Jaden Riddell. He's going to have to get under the wing of Todd Hartley, going to have to learn a, learn a lot. But physically, checks all the boxes right there uh, on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. That's one. Let me start my, let me start my time around. We'll do a much better with the job with this next time. Who you got next, Kaylee? Nitro Showtime Tuggle, like his first name is Nitrarian. I uh, love how his nickname is kind of, his first name is kind of um, basically evolved into Nitro. That's the type of player he is, very explosive. Um, he is, uh, he signed today. He's going to be at the, uh, still currently, I believe, supposed to be at the All-American Bowl out in Texas. Big guy, really moves really well. Georgia had, had a little wobbly things with him a little bit there because there was talks of Michigan, talks of Notre Dame, talks of LSU. Uh, Nitro Tuggle remaining in the class guy. He can put his foot in the ground and go. He has really a really special gear, lots of ball skills. I think he does a lot of things in a six foot two frame that your slot guy, your gadget guy would do. And I think that's what's really special about Nitro Showtime Tuggle, the only top one hundred wide receiver in the class. Nitro is one of the one of the three top ten uh, offensive recruits in the twenty twenty four class. That was better. I think that one was about forty seven seconds. Number three. Let's keep going here. Michael Uni and guys, this guy, uh, Dylan Riola wasn't the first Polynesian in about 25 years. 
to become a Georgia Bulldog. It is actually Mike Uni. Uh, Mike Uni's really impressive young man. He comes out of Texas. Um, he's a guy that um, he's a guy that uh, he's a guy that get my timer going. He's a guy that um, he's an All American. He's going to go to the Under Armour All American game. Look, listen to this. So he's going to go to the Under Armour All American game. He's going to uh, go through that. Then he's going to. Re- then he's going to report to Georgia for about two weeks, and then he's going to go to the Polynesian Bowl out in Hawaii. That guy's got major uh, frequent flyer miles. Tackle, he's really huge. He moves well. Uh, really enamored with Georgia. He just thought Georgia was the place. Coach Searles uh, really made a connection with him right now. His family has a strong military background. Uh, I was saddened to learn that Mike's uh, grandfather passed away recently. Uh, been a tough loss in December for his family, but what he's going to do is he's going to turn that – that negative into a positive and he's going to dedicate his first season at Georgia to his grandfather's memory as we stated earlier and kind of our intro thoughts there on Mike Uni, he is going to be the first Georgia Bulldog um, from American Samoa I think his family's actually roots are from Samoa not American Samoa those two countries are really close to each other in that part of the world but first one since Kavika Mitchell Kavika Mitchell I believe 1999 so that's almost 25 years right now He's going to be the first Polynesian player in Athens for Kirby Smart, and that's a really good thing. Try it again. Who we got next up? Justin Green. This guy's out of Mountain View High School. Uh, he's a guy that really just locked in on Georgia really early. Georgia's defensive line class. I think he's going to be a guy. Big thing with him is he really developed a lot across his high school career. He was about 225, 230 as a high school player, and he decided you know that wasn't good enough. He was getting kind of the mid-major group of five offers, wouldn't get in the big offers, so he changed his body. And he changed his body and put on like 30, 40 pounds, become a better player. And he basically put on the suit of armor uh, with his body that turned him into an SEC recruit. Georgia had to battle South Carolina and Auburn for that guy. Mario Lane out of 3TA Academy has been his trainer. Very instrumental in what uh, the development path there is for Justin Green. He's an All-American. He will be at the All-American Bowl out in Texas in January. And you guys should be really exciting to see him on the defensive line. He's one of those trench monsters for Trey Scott. Next up, Chauncey Bowens, one of Georgia's three running backs in the class. Uh, North Palm Beach High School, that's down in uh, West Palm Beach area. Former Florida commitment, so somewhere I know Brandon Adams is probably drinking his hot cocoa in his room. And anytime I can tell him about a, a guy that Georgia flipped from Florida, he likes that a lot. He's kind of that thunderback, really big speed. I'm going to be curious to see. You see the rankings right there. Number 16 running back coming out of North Palm Beach in the Benjamin School. Be really interesting to see how quickly he assimilates himself into SEC football and the Georgia roster because that part of uh, West Palm Beach, that schedule is not really filled with a lot of damage dealers and big-time prospects, but he's got all the size. He's got track speed. (coughs) Excuse me. I think he's about 10-7, 10-8 in the 100 meters, so very interesting to see what he'll look like for Del McGee as part of the three-man running back class right now for 2024 in Athens. <clears throat> Next up, Joseph Jonah Johnny, probably easily one of my favorite, most impressive players in the class. Really loves George. If you guys remember him from last week before the Hedges, this is a young man that you know thinks his mother is the strongest member of the family. She works in nursing. She really, she's really provided him the example to be great. Joseph Jonah Ajanye is so strong. He's another guy, a couple of guys in this class that really changed their bodies. He put on like 40 pounds prior to his senior season. 
270. Folks, he just turned 17 last month. He's got a goal in mind that he wants to be a millionaire by the time he's 19. Think about that. 18, 17, he's in Athens. 18, he's in Athens. 19, he's in Athens. He's a five-star. He's one of Georgia's four five-star defensive linemen in the class. He is a defensive end, folks. I know he's rated as a defensive tackle because everybody's projecting. But right now, he expects, expects to play defensive end. That's one of those guys I've already heard a lot of good things about as he works his way into very early bowl practices. Uh, Joseph Jonah Johnny, very big hands, very violent hands. I thought he made an extreme leap in his senior year with his senior year film right there. JJA, the Nigerian nightmare, going to wear number 99 in Athens. And know, know this, that number is a very special number considering what Jordan Davis did for that in Athens. Sokovi White, wow, Sokovi White is an absolute, absolute dude. I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I think pound for pound, he'll be the strongest wide receiver in the Georgia's wide receiver room. Uh, I think he's a pure football player. He could help Georgia all over. I think he's going to be a guy that maybe slides into that Lad McConkey role, maybe that Makai Muse role, a type of guy that's going to be a great asset on the punt return team, the return teams. He will have no problem blocking and being physical. He has – in my opinion, still got to write that thing because it is such an amazing story. He has one of the most impressive backstories I've ever uncovered in my time working the Georgia Beat. You know, I like to write those stories. That story is so big that I think I might need I might need to turn it into a mini series with like four or five chapters. But it is so so good, and it tells you why Sokovia White will be a very special football player in Athens because he's an incredible human first and foremost, and that's a guy comes from a family of Alabama fans. At least one half of the family is Alabama fans. And for him, he really meant something for him when he made his commitment. He wanted to stick to it. He's an early enrollee, already going through early bowl practices in Athens with the dogs. Ellis Robinson, I say this a lot. I, I say this a lot. You can keep all the receipts in the world. I think this is the best cornerback that Kirby Smart has ever signed. Apologies, Keely Ringo. Apologies, Tyson Campbell. Eric Stokes was a developmental guy. Apologies, Kamari Lassiter. Uh, this is a line I love. The guy is about 6'1 and some change. Uh, number one cornerback in the country, the consensus number one cornerback in the country for everyone. He's the number one player overall for ESPN. But this is a guy, he's got the skills. He's got the tenacity. His dad was a Division II college football player. Fran Brown was so huge here for the Dogs. I believe that he turned down millions in NIL opportunities in order to be a dog. He chose that development. But the thing with him is he's so skilled, he's so talented, but he's also long. I mean, like throw about seven, zero, seven O's when you're trying to say long to get it right. All you cool kids out there, you know what the gritty looks like? Well, the first time I saw him, I told a coach, I told another analyst, I was like, man, it looks like Ellis Robinson is already ready to do the gritty and he's just standing up walking around. He's so long. The arms, to me, feel like they dangle down to his ankles. And that means everything when you're trying to play press man and you're going to be out on the island in Athens. I think he's a guy, I don't say it often, he can start during his freshman year in Athens. He is that talented. DeMello Jones, I mean, this guy is everything. You know, he played kick return. He played uh, punt return. He was a cornerback. He was a safety. He was a, he was a quarterback for uh, Swainsboro High School. He took his team to the Georgia State Final two years in a row. Prince Avenue Christian was like, we got to stop this guy. We got to know where he is every play. And he still had four touchdowns and a two-point conversion. He had a pick six. He had a 49-yard uh, explosive on a quick screen. Everybody has him rated as a safety or thinks he's a safety. While he has the versatility to play everywhere, I think he's going to start out at cornerback in Athens. 
He, he has a family member that was coached by Kirby Smart when Kirby Smart was in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he had a family member that played uh, at Notre Dame. This guy's been a longtime Georgia commitment. Loved Alabama a little bit. Was always really strong with the dogs. DeMello Jones, uh, going to be a very good one in Athens. And it looks like probably one of the, easily the best secondary, the best secondary class in the country when you add DeMello in there and you're thinking about K.J. Bolden. And then you've also got a guy like Alice Robinson as well. Who else we got? Ryan Puglisi. I mean, this guy is – He's everything, I think. Look at that. Look at that. I want you to look at this picture right here. Kaylee did such a great job with all these edits. Everybody make sure you give her a round of applause. But I'm going to tell you, I got to say this. And I got to say this. No disrespect here meant to Dylan Riola, that family. They're very good people. They're great people. But the amount of national quarterback trainers, national quarterback folks that reached out to me, after the decision went down when Dylan decided to go play, go home and play for Nebraska where Cornhuskers were in his blood, I had so many people reach out to me and say, not only is Georgia going to be just fine with Ryan Puglisi, I think they may end up with, with a really strong quarterback. Some even went to say that they went outright went to say they thought Puglisi was better, and that's mental makeup right now. That has a lot to do with it. But this guy, look at this picture right here. I was so glad I got to capture that. This was, you'll see Buster Faulkner over his left shoulder right there. You'll see a young, his older brother there, one of his brothers. One of his brothers is a college baseball player as well. But Ryan, this is what he looked like in October of 2022 when he walked down onto Sanford Stadium for the first time. It looked like Field of Dreams. He was trying to reenact that scene, just kind of looking around. Or that scene from Rudy when um, Rudy's father looks around when he's inside Notre Dame Stadium. You could tell it was special to Ryan. If if you haven't read the Dog Nation story yet, not only was he the Christmas star in the uh, Christmas play at Avon Old Farms, but what makes him tick was an early uh, impression from a neighbor who was fighting pancreatic cancer. Uh, rest in peace, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Beth O'Rourke. Meant so much to Ryan. Meant so much to shape his viewpoint of the world. If you haven't read that story? You certainly need to because that kind of kind of built up the inner bulldog, the inner warrior, the inner fighter. I know Miss Kaylee will not get mad at me for spending so much time talking about Ryan Puglisi. You guys are going to love him. I think he's going to get like hot rod, Rodrigo Blankenship type cheers uh, when he, you guys finally get the chance to embrace him and welcome him in, into Dog Nation at G-Day. At 14, we went through 14 really fast. Hopefully that was fast. Thankful that uh, the vocal box held up with everything right there. Folks, that is number four. That was a speed. Like, what you got, Jeff? Tell me something quickly before I, in the time it takes for me to microwave a burrito. That's what I tried to do there. Off the cuff, off the jump, uh, off the rip, uh, trying to tell you all the things you guys really need to know about this 2024 class of Bulldogs. We got some more slides for next week. We'll get those prepared. We'll go through the next 14 members of the class next week. Maybe I'll try to be a little bit better and make them closer to 30, 35 seconds than 55 seconds to a minute. Hope you guys didn't mind. We're just trying to give you guys a lot of information on a lot of these guys in one single setting and everything else. That's number four. Number five, this is kind of like another thing where Jeff's just going to kind of riff a little bit and talk about. These are kind of the five kind of big hit, quick hit things the perspective, that's what I'm, I'm here for on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. I'm here to tell you guys like what it really means, what really matters, what stands out to me about this year's recruiting class. This is the number five. Everybody put five, in the, five fingers in the air and wave them like you just don't care. First thing I got to say, you've heard me say this all cycle. 
Georgia needed to get offensive. They needed to get better on offense. I don't think they did it. You, you see Riola going to Athens. Uh, I don't think they did it. And of course, what they did is they looked really good in certain spots. They got two, I think, capable, valuable, productive receivers in uh, Nitro Tuggle and also Sokovi White. Uh, I love the tight ends they got there, Jaden Riddell. Uh, Jaden Riddell probably, or Nate Frazier, might wind up being uh, the most explosive offensive players in this class. They did, they did them right by getting the big uglies up front to take care of them. But here's the stark fact. Georgia just became even more Georgia. Whatever was the 50-foot-tall the Goliath or Iron Giant about Georgia's program, this is what this recruiting class continued to be. Seven out of the top ten highest-rated signees in the class. They're on the defensive side of the ball. The top five signees in the class are all on the defensive side of the ball. The five stars, uh, those are all on the defensive side of the ball. Really quickly, that's what Georgia's class is. It's another defensive behemoth right there. Second thing inside this, I've got about four or five for you right now. I think I just want to kind of kind of go over some of these. The toughest recruitment in this class, some of these are kind of going to feel like superlatives, but obviously K.J. Bolden was the toughest uh, recruiting process for the dogs to win in this class. They got a lot of flips. They got several flips from Florida, but the way Georgia had to recruit – if you'll see the story on dognation.com tonight about K.J. Bolden where we kind of went in depth to try to tell you what actually happened there for the dogs. I was told multiple sources that when Georgia, when K.J. Bolden committed to Florida State uh, back in August on August the 5th, really cool affair, uh, Georgia was third. Florida State was first. Georgia was third. I think the number two team there I didn't ask, but I'm pretty sure it feels like it's either Ohio State because I don't think Auburn was quite there yet. But uh, Georgia was third, so they had to scratch and claw and fight to get back into this. Consistency really mattered. Uh, Development really mattered. Location really mattered. But the toughest recruitment, uh, considering he took almost 20, 30, Kirby's number, KJ's number, at least 20 to 30 visits to Athens, that was the toughest recruit to win in this class. Um, I think the best recruit in this class is going to wind up being Ellis Robinson, the fourth, for what I said earlier. Uh, He's a guy – Georgia is such a tremendous program now, so much depth, so much robust talent that nobody should come here and start and expect to play early unless they are really special. I think Ellis Robinson the fourth is that type of special kid. He's the highest rated guy in this class, so I don't really – I know I'm not sounding like I'm breaking the speed barrier by giving you this hot take here, but I think Ellis is the guy that not only is the highest rated, but he's a rare guy that can play – quickly for Georgia, maybe even start during his freshman year. Uh, the fourth thing on this class that kind of sticks out to me is the line of scrimmage. We've, we've written about this before. I wrote about this like two or three weeks ago in an enterprise story about, hey, how's this different? Georgia has 12 signees for the line of scrimmage. That's the offensive line or that's the defensive line, including the defensive end position, the guys that will line up on the line of scrimmage. 12 out of the 28 members of the class our line of scrimmage recruits. Guys, folks don't do this like Georgia. You look at the number two recruiting class in the country, Alabama, I believe they have six guys in their class, seven if you count LT Overton coming out of the portal, that are going to play on the line. Georgia just places a priority on that to reload, and they go overboard on the line of scrimmage, and I think they've done a very good job of that right now. Georgia just simply prioritizes and values the line of scrimmage differently than other programs. You look at Alabama's class, I think they have three out of their top ten recruits or line of scrimmage recruits. Two of those are actually defensive ends, edge guys, which isn't really truly the 
the A gap, B gap, the type of players that you just need to be excellent at in those positions to kind of deal with A gap and B gap in a line of scrimmage league like the SEC. Fifth thing I want to tell you guys about, I'm just going to look at everybody wants to know perspective. Georgia has the number one class. What does that mean? Well, Alabama has the number two class. Here's what's really interesting. If you look at the top 15 uh, recruiting classes in the country as of right now, as of tonight, nine of those are going to be playing in the SEC. You've got Texas, I believe, third. You've got Oklahoma, ninth. Uh, Georgia and Bama are one and two. Auburn is number seven. Um, Oklahoma is number nine. Tennessee is number 11. LSU is number 12. Texas A&M is number 14. And Florida is number 15. The other two things that stand out to me nationally in the class is some big falls here. At one point, people thought that Ohio State could challenge Georgia for the nation's number one class. While they did hold on to the nation's number one receiver in Jeremiah Smith, they fell down to number six nationally in the class when they were two and number three for the longest time some folks thought they could leapfrog over georgia to see them fall to number six they had a lot of late flips that they didn't get um, flips out of their class that helped other programs i think that's very intriguing and also you gotta talk about the gators again man gators had a top 10 class top seven class at one point now they're number 15 in the country and folks it's great to have a top 20 class <coughs> if you're rocking the orange blue and you love all things Billy Napier, but not so cool to see that you have the ninth ra highest rated class in the SEC. They have a murderous stretch next year in their schedule. I think it's a pivotal year, or it is a hit the reset button next year for Florida football. Especially they got to get the wins early in their schedule before they close with teams like Florida State, Ole Miss, Georgia, LSU late. That is just the, a, the archetype murderer's row for the Gators right there. Those are some kind of off-the-rip, quick-hit things about how I look at the 2024 class nationally. That's been your big five. Those are your five big things. And now we've already talked about the dog of the week. Now's the time. If you were watching the show earlier, we, we brought in Connor on this, on this answer. He had a really good, really good answer about Daniel Calhoun. But for you guys, this week's Before the Hedges question of the week, Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger and also Georgia Farm Beer. We got to thank those two great partners for everything we do here on Dog Nation, including Before the Hedges around National Signing Day and Early Signing Day time. Let me see. First of all, the question of the week is, which 2024 signee are you most excited about as they embark on their UGA career? Now, this is when you guys are going to go, hmm, let me think about that for a second. And it shouldn't be a hard answer. It's just like, I don't even... Need you to tell me, like, hey, this is a guy I think will be an NFL guy or a first-round pick. It's just that one guy that you found yourself saying, you know what, I really like that kid. I am chiefly interested in his career. He's already won me over as a fan. While you guys are thinking about it, let me call in to our producer extraordinaire. Let me, let me see. Kaylee, what do you think about that? If you had to answer that question to the best of your ability, Kaylee, which dog – Really has got your attention right now. Which one do you think has the best Georgia career? Now, it might just be because Connor Riley claims I have the North Georgia bias. <laughs> but the player that I'm most excited to see their journey is Sakovi White. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with he could be the next Lad McConkey because he definitely gets overlooked due to his height. But I've seen what he's capable of on the field. And 
uh, in a lackluster wide receiver group, he's going to get the opportunity to have some quality playing time. And I think another thing for me that really stands out in an era where we're always questioning loyalty and there's so much money involved in the game, you see people leave from school to school all the time. So Kobe came into a program which had a historically terrible football team and decided to stay with that team, help it grow, and they made history. And I think that says a lot about him, not just on the field, but off the field as well. So I'm really excited to see what Sokovi White does for the dogs. Awesome. Really cool there. Most people don't know this. It'll probably come out in one of our Dog Nation stories about Sokovi. Really can't wait to write that one. It's been like, guys, it's one of those things as a writer, uh, I say a lot, like, you know you still love to write when you have a story and your fingers are burning to hit the keys. That's one of those my fingers are burning to hit the keys to write that story up for you guys on Sokovi White. He actually has a sister, an older sister, that was a freshman this year in Athens. Really funny story is he's going to probably um, probably going to find his way to her apartment or around her place as much as possible because Sokovi realizes he's going to need some help with his laundry as a freshman. And, you know, that's when uh, his sister is going to come in the hand and there as well so really awesome stuff there uh let's take a look at this like you know guys before the hedges it's not a before the hedges brought to you by kroger and georgia farm beer without our weekly slides but it's no longer commitments this is the class you want to take a good look at your class breakdown there are no more top targets like i said earlier it's simply signees look at this if you want to see a good visual a good snapshot of what the dog class looks like here you go got some changes Quarterback, just Ryan Puglisi there. He's already in Athens. He's going through bowl practice. Dwight Phillips, the running back, he is going to still be at Pebble Brook High School. Is he going to try to run a 10.05 or a 10.10 this fall? Uh, Chauncey Bowens, uh, he's going to he's an All-American game as well, All-American game, game guy as well. Um, Chauncey Bowens uh, out of Florida. Nate Frazier, the All-American as well. Nitro Tuggle, uh, going to be an All-American as well. Nitro is uh, – Top 100 prospect, one of the top wide receivers in the country. Sokovia White's already in Athens going through bowl practices. will be at the Orange Bowl, um, and he is already starting to make his mark on Georgia. Uh, Jaden Riddell, same thing for him. He's an early enrollee. Uh, he's already going through bowl practices. He will be down at the Orange Bowl. He will not be taking part in an All-American game. Marcus Harrison, Marquez Easley. Easley is already – Big Easy is already in Athens as well. He's going to hang out with the team. Nair Daniels. He is not going to go through bowl practices. He will not be able uh, to uh, enroll early, according to my information. Uh, no, he actually he is enrolling. He is going to be in the uh, Under Armour, the All-American Bowl out in Texas, but he will not be able to enroll early. Malachi Tolliver is already in Athens going through bowl practices as well. He will be an early enrollee. Same for Daniel Calhoun. Daniel Calhoun will not take part in the All-American Bowl out in Texas. He will – he is a dot. He has basically decided. You know what? He'd rather just hang with his team, stay with his team, uh, start working on getting better, hanging around the team, being embedded with the team in Athens. He'll go down for the Orange Bowl as well. And Michael Uni, we mentioned him earlier. He's going to report to Athens in January after he takes part in the Under Armour All American Game. That's your class breakdown on offense. Drew Miller. Uh, I know Kaylee loves Drew Miller. He's the number one point punter in the country. Uh, he gets more airtime combined probably than a lot of uh, prospects and commitments and signees in this class. Drew Miller will not arrive in Athens. He's the number one punter in the country. Three-time All-American by MaxPreps.com. Very rare. I got, that got Kaylee, Kaylee Mansell's eyebrows raised a little bit. Three-time Max Preps All-American Drew Miller. Great family. Got a chance to meet them earlier this year. Uh, Drew will actually report to Athens in like May, June-ish as well. 
That's your special teams guy right there. Georgia actually never shows up here because he's a preferred walk-on, but Georgia actually has the number one long, number top-ranked long snapper uh, in the country as well as a preferred walk-on as well. He just took part in an Army All-American game this past weekend out in Texas as well. I believe that was in Dallas at the Star in Frisco, Texas. Now let's go to the defensive side of the ball right here. Got some juggernauts here. Look at this defensive back class right here. Nobody does this better. I want you to focus on the right side of this graphic right here. I'm going to just tell you right now. DeMello Jones, top 75 overall prospect. Andre Evans, number 98 overall prospect. Ellis Robinson, the number three overall prospect. K.J. Bolden, the number 14 overall prospect. If you're doing the math really quickly right there, that's like 171. 180. That's the average right there of those four guys is about number 45, number 41, 43 uh, nationally in the class. Nobody's going to reload with DBs quite like Georgia's going to do there. You look at Justin Williams and uh, right there and Chris Cole. Uh, those guys are top 100 prospects. Guys, Chris Cole, I don't know if you noticed this, he's low-key kept climbing. He was dangerous in the Virginia High School League playoffs. He ended up a number 40-ish, top 45-ish overall national recruit. He is already in Athens. He reported for bowl practices on Monday. And here's your defensive line. Nasir Johnson, that's a guy he's going to have to go his entire senior year. Um, a Florida flip. I don't think a lot of people are paying as close attention to him. 24-7 sports actually has Nasir as a top 60 overall, top 70 overall prospect in the country. Namandi Oboko, got to get this right. Namdi Oboko. Got some clarification recently on how to pronounce and say his name. Guys, he's only been playing football for two years. He has massive tree trunk legs. Uh, I think the first time he tried to work out, he deadlifted like 740 pounds. And they're like, yep, you're pretty strong. Joseph Jonah Ajanya, again, another really strong dude. He's already in Athens. The same thing for Quintavious Johnson. Jordan Thomas told me this week he's not sure what he's going to do. He's going to be at the All-American Bowl out in Texas, but he's not sure whether or not he's going to enroll early or not. That's a wait-and-see thing right there. Justin Green out of Mountain View High School in Lawrenceville in Gwinnett County. He tells me that he will have to go his entire senior year as well, but he will also be out in the All-American Bowl out in Texas. That is your class breakdown here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Look at that. That's a pretty stellar defensive side of the ball class right there. And then let's take a look at it, the 2024 recruiting snapshot. We changed some things. No longer says commitments. It says signees. It's kind of funny how the Dylan Riola to Nebraska, K.J. Bolden to Georgia kind of teeter-tottered this a little bit in terms of offense and defense. Georgia still stays with nine in-state commitments in the class. Um, you have no offensive players among the five highest-rated commitments. We talked about that earlier in the show. There's only four among the top ten highest-rated commitments in the class. There's 17 commitments in the SEC footprint and another 11 commitments beyond the SEC footprint. Look at those five stars. All four on defense. Look at those top 50 commits. Five out of the six are on defense. Top 100, you got three offense, six defense. Um, top 150, seven and nine. 9 and 10 is 19 top 200 commitments. Guys, that's a lot of players. We're talking about the top 200 players in the country, and one school has almost 10% of those. It's kind of really not fair. It's really not fair when they already had the deepest roster in college football as well. Guys, that is your 2024 recruiting snapshot. Portion of the show, it's kind of like live question time. I know we've been kind of taking a look. We've been kind of – 
I got to thank our really good staff here, our production crew. They've been watching your questions. You guys have a question, drop it in the feed right now. But our, our folks have been all over YouTube. They've been all over the Facebook page. They've been listening. They've been monitoring your question. And now, Kaylee, I'm going to call on her out of the bullpen and tell me what you got, Kaylee, tonight on Before the Hedges. I like this first one. Taylor Russell from YouTube wants to know, will we get KJ as a punt returner? I don't think so. I think – I think Georgia uh, is one that they look at. They look at KJ and they say, "KJ, you know what you are? You're an NFL safety. So go be an NFL safety. Uh, work on that. Work on getting on the field. I think it works out really well." One of the things KJ told us today after his flip that Malachi Starks is a big deal here for him because he can look at Malachi Starks. He knows Georgia just put Lewis Seen in the league as a first round pick at safety. Malachi Starks will also be another first round pick at safety after the next season for the 2025 NFL draft. And he wants to learn from Malachi. He wants to see how he does it. He wants to watch his practice habits. He wants to watch the way he plays. He wants to soak up how he thinks. And I think for K.J. Bolden, the best thing he can do right now is be ready to take over Malachi's starting position for the 2025 season. Lee Burkett from DogNation.com wants to know how you feel about our defensive line moving forward. I think they got to do a little bit more in the portal. I know people are, you know, that the Walter Nolan flirtation. I think Georgia fans are going to have to watch Xavier McLeod. He's a guy coming out of the portal. He played four games for South Carolina last year. I think Xavier could make his make his decision later this week in terms of, you know, hey, where he, where he finally winds up. I felt good about Georgia for a very long time there. I'm going to tell you this, Xavier, if he was on the if he was on the Georgia defensive line rotation, this past season, I think he'd be one of the most talented, most upside guys in the class. And I think that's the big thing. If you go to dognation.com, there's a poll question on there that we just updated today. And right now the question was, what do you think is the biggest place where Georgia's roster needs to get better in the offseason? And so far the runaway leader is Georgia's just got to get nastier up front across the defensive line. David West from Facebook wants to know if there's still room for ETN. Oh yeah, there's a lot of room for ETN. I think what you're hearing. Let me guys give me give me a little. Let me give a little background about what I'm hearing. Georgia does not like the fact that they're not in the playoff. They want to ensure that never happens again. Even with it expanding out to 12, uh, 12 teams next year, they look at that schedule next year. They know it is a dangerous landmine type of schedule. So they want to put together the most complete roster they can. They don't want to just hope. They don't want to wish. They don't want to kind of hedge their bets on development they want to make sure they have the player resources and assets to kind of look like one of the greater sec teams of the last five to ten years that means adding a player like trevor etn Uh, etn is a guy i think listen folks i'll just be frank i didn't expect any of these portal guys outside of london humphreys to be announced prior uh, to early signing day once those guys are signed and locked into the class then if a guy like etn actually comes into the class it's not going to scare anybody away He's a guy that, you know, it's, it's no secret that Georgia didn't have that type of weapon they had in years past coming out of the backfield like they did with James Cook and like they did with Kenny McIntosh as well. So I think ETN's a guy that if he should, should he join the Georgia uh, running back room, he's going to be a playmaker not only in the run game but also in the passing game as well. Pardon me if I botched this, but Julie C. from YouTube wants to know if the Perry quarterback, I think it's Coulter Ginn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if he's still coming. Yeah, he is a preferred walk-on. You heard Connor talk about how Kirby Smart mentioned today in the signing day wrap-up presser 
that Georgia might have to look at getting another scholarship quarterback out of the portal. They want to have four scholarship uh, quarterbacks. You know, Coulter, uh, again, I called him Colt uh, a lot. Long, wavy hair. Got some of that Trevor Lawrence-type hairstyle going on right now. He's a preferred walk-on. He's also a state champion. He's about 6'4", 205. So that narrative about preferred walk-on is kind of going to be flipped a little bit considering he's not going to be underwhelming in the size department. He only played 10 games. He threw for about 1,600 yards and about 16 touchdowns with five picks. Led Perry to a Georgia GHSA state title. I think he's important for Georgia just to have arms in the room. Got a whip now. He can really sling that ball around. He's got a lot of action on his ball, and I think that's going to add a lot of good depth to the room. BMAC from DogNation.com wants to know, who is your top portal target? Top portal target. Guy, you know, I think the top portal target just jumped into the portal. I think that's Evan Stewart. Folks, I remember talking to Evan Stewart a couple years ago, and he's like, you know what? They just don't throw it enough. They don't feature the receivers enough. Uh, if Georgia can get Evan Stewart into the program, uh, as much as they need defensive linemen, I think Xavier McLeod could help a lot with that. You see some of the reports how Walter Nolan has basically decided on uh, Ole Miss or Oregon as his final destination. Um, I think Evan Stewart's a guy that could really help Georgia because he could be electric. He is a number one receiver. He is a first-round draft pick type receiver, and he's a guy that if you wind up in Athens, he's going to make Carson Beck's passing lines look a lot gaudier as Georgia tries to be as big of a beast as it can on offense for the 2024 season. There's a lot of chat going on in the Facebook comments on if, if and when Ladd is going to declare for the draft. Ooh. What's your intel? Yeah, I think Ladd's just got a tough decision. I mean, he fought all year with that back. Uh, he's been ready to play in the NFL for over a year, I feel like. Uh, is he a second or is he a third-round pick? How far can he go? Is it better for him to just go pro? That's a lot of things he's working through right now. Um, I know Georgia fans would love to see Ladd return because that would get that true run-it-back momentum if Georgia can see guys like potentially Javon Bullard or Tate Ratledge return and then Ladd return. Uh, I think that would give it a, a, the team a lot more juice. But it's one of those things where I don't think I, I think Ladd has won two national championships at Georgia. Uh, he may just he may he may just decide, you know, as much as he wants more memories at Georgia and to go out with a better taste in his mouth. It was always so hard for him to be on the field uh, this year, and I think he would kill it if he came back for Georgia. I think Georgia would be scary if they returned Ladd, but you know, I think Ladd has done the done it to the point where he's perfected his profe profession well enough that he's earned the right to go get paid and. You know, it's one of those things, if he comes back to Georgia, I hope you guys really appreciate it because I think that would be an extreme show of love and how much he loves being a dog. But, you know, I think Ladd can make a lot of money on Sundays as well. So that's going to be a tough choice for him. This is the last question of the night, and this one comes from myself. Ooh. Where would you rank the KJ flip on the list of all-time Georgia flips? Whew, there's a lot of those. Uh... You know, it's just so different, uh, Kaylee. I, I guess you got to – it just belongs in its own zip code, I think, because when George Pickens flipped – well, <laughs> I'm not, not going to get myself in too much trouble here. But when George Pickens flipped, there wasn't anything out there like NIL publicly. There wasn't anything like, you know, inducements or what whatsoever. I think, you know, KJ hits on a lot of fronts. We're going to write about this tomorrow on dognation.com, but – 
Uh, you know, it was reversing the Buford curse a little bit, right? It was also Georgia um, beating Florida State, beating Auburn, when at times it looked like KJ was trending towards both of those programs. And it was also just kind of a new era. We've never seen a player take as many trips to Georgia as K.J. Bolden had. It also gives Georgia one of the top ten prospects in the state of Georgia for this signing cycle. I know a lot of people look at that and they're like, they see that it's a problem that Georgia is not getting the top ten guys. I'm not going to be the guy that barks at you and says that's a problem because, you know what, Chris Cole and Justin Williams, you can tell me you're getting that linebacker instead of the great Sammy Brown at Jefferson High School. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think Georgia just has a national recruiting scope, and I think a lot of times when Georgia's not taking one of the top ten prospects in the class, it's because they got a really splendid alternative from outside the state. So I, I guess I'm not trying to couch your question, Kaylee, but I just say it's just so different. It, times have changed a lot. They continue to change. Uh, I think every recruiting year, recruiting cycle feels different. It feels like we're working at light speed into evolution and the game changing. So I think K.J. Bolden probably belongs in a category all its own just for the parameters of the world we live in today. You are a man of many words, and you seem to pull a lot of phrases out of your head. Could you come up with a K.J. poem on the spot? K.J. Bolden poem on the spot. Uh, Dog fans, you've got your K.J. He came through on early signing day. I know five stars are your thing. But K.J. Bolden is going to help the dogs get another ring. Did that work? You know, back in the day, I might have done some freestyling right there. Folks, I, I uh, step on a crack, break my wonderful mother's back. We did not rehearse that. She just threw me a curveball softball right at me, and that's what I came up with here on Dog Nations Before the Hedges. Brought to you by Kroger. Brought to you by Georgia Farm Bureau as well. Guys. We have a early signing day show. Let's kind of put this, pull this one into the garage a little bit. Got to say thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys for following along on our coverage. All the live updates from Connor Riley, uh, the help from Jay Black, the help from Kaylee Mansell, uh, help from Michael Carvel, Mike Griffith as well on all things recruiting. Like one of the things I can't do is I can't write up 10 stories and have them ready to go on early signing day as the top 100 uh, prospects come in. That's why I have to lean on my Dog Nation teammates a lot. I think we've got a very strong team here at Dog Nation. Certainly appreciate all the work we everybody does on the team to try and give you guys the best early signing day and signing day and recruiting coverage we possibly can. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for tuning in each and every week here on Before the Hedges. Thank you guys for dealing with me as I cough my way through the giddy up to our show tonight. Uh, happy holidays to each and everybody out there. Go home. Get home, chill at home, turn the fireplace on, fire up your favorite guilty pleasure Christmas movie, and we'll guys see you guys again next week on the pages of dognation.com. I'm Jeff Sintel. That has been your intel for all things Before the Hedges. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays, and we'll see you after Santa. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle.